I'm Rev. Shannon Moore, and you're listening to the Simple Worship Podcast, recorded each week at University Christian Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Every Sunday at 9.30 a.m., we gather in the Chapel of the Good Shepherd to sing, take communion, and worship. If you'd like to join us, in person or virtually, please visit our website, universitychristian.org, for more details. We've been, um, of course, looking at the Gospel of Matthew for quite a few weeks now. And for these past several weeks, if you've been here, you've seen a pattern of Jesus teaching His followers and us, by extension, how to treat each other, uh, that we need to honor each other's humanity, to treat each other with respect, and to have honest and open communication, and to be authentic with one another, and uh, to treat people fairly and with love, no matter what their station in life is, or no matter what your station in life is. And last week, Jesus reminded us that in the kingdom of God, things kind of get topsy-turvy, that the first will be last, and the last will be first. And so that it's important for us to remember how we treat each other. So then Jesus transitions His ministry. He's been out and about in the uh, villages and cities of Judea, and now He is moving His ministry into the city, into Jerusalem. And so the lectionary skips the story of where Jesus enters into the city of Jerusalem. It's the, the heart of their religion, the heartbeat of their religion there at the temple. But you probably know that story of Jesus coming into town. We celebrate it on Palm Sunday and the people are yelling Hosanna and all these praises for Jesus and we call it the triumphal entry. And in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus enters into the city, it says, riding a donkey and a colt. I don't know how you do that, but that's what it says. Um, the people were singing His praises, and it says that the city was in turmoil. Interesting word there. So as soon as Jesus gets into Jerusalem, He goes to the temple, and there He starts uh, driving out the people who are selling things in the temple, and He overturns the money changers' tables and says, this is a house of prayer. This is not a place for you to be muscling up your politics and your economy. He cured people. But then the religious leaders, the chief priests and the Pharisees and the scribes, all these leaders are like, hmm, who is this? We've heard of him, but we've never seen him before. What's he doing here? How'd he get here? Um, he has made them angry because he's doing all these things at the temple without permission really. Not only did he turn over the tables, but he was threatening to overturn their power structure. So after that day, Jesus leaves the city, goes out to Bethany, comes across a fig tree that doesn't have any figs on it, and curses it for not bearing any fruit. It withers, it dies, which is a symbol of people who know God, who have a purpose, but don't do God's will, don't produce any fruit. So the next day he goes back to the temple, and that's where we pick up Scripture reading today. This is Matthew chapter 21, starting at verse 23. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I'll also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. 
Did the baptism of John, John the Baptist, come from heaven or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he'll say to us, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, uh, we're afraid of the crowd for they regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. This is the first of five challenges that these religious leaders lay before Jesus in the coming uh, rest of this chapter and the chapters ahead. Um, and we'll be looking at some of those in the coming weeks. What they're trying to do is undermine his authority and get him out of that temple. They want him out of there. And this is basically like a zero-sum contest. Like whoever wins, wins, and whoever loses, loses. So pretty high stakes on both sides. If Jesus were to lose any of these challenges that these religious leaders put before him, his, he would have had to get out of the temple. Uh, his challenge to these leaders would have ended. His credibility would have been washed away. Uh, the leaders could quickly regain control of what was going on in the temple. And if that had happened, they probably wouldn't have crucified Jesus because they would then be able to say, well, he's a charlatan. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Because look, we tripped him up. He doesn't know what he's doing. What Jesus, through the things he was doing in the temple, his teaching, his healing, his curing, um, he was challenging their hearts. They knew about him. But they didn't want to recognize his authority, which is why they asked that question. By what authority? What kind of authority do you have? Who gave you this authority? Because it certainly wasn't us. And we are the ones who have the authority to say who gets to do things in here. So what are you doing here, Jesus? He knows, Jesus knows why they are so uncomfortable with him. The elders and the chief priests, all these religious leaders, they controlled great big parcels of land in that region. Kind of like those landowners that Jesus often talks about in his stories and his parables. We've got one of those coming up here in just a second. They're challenged because Jesus is doing God's will by caring for the poor, by healing the sick, being with the sick, and caring for the people on the fringes of their society. And they know they ought to be doing that. And they teach other people to do that. But they don't do it themselves because they're worried about all their land and their power and their prestige. They don't practice what they teach. And so Jesus puts them in a real bind with this question. It's very political, very political, this question that he asked them about the baptism of John the Baptist. Because if they deny that John the Baptist, the baptism that he provided was from God, if they deny that, then they lose their political base. They need the support of the people to keep them in power. But if they say they did believe it, 
that John the Baptist's baptism was of divine origin, was from God, then now they've lost credibility. They're in a real bind with this question. And they talk to each other and the, and the only thing they can come up is, we don't, we don't know. And they lost that challenge. Jesus won that challenge. He got them. But he ain't done with them yet. Verse 28. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. This story that Jesus tells reminds me of so many of the television shows I watched in my youth. Uh, some of them in syndication, some of them were new Andy Griffith show, Little House on the Prairie. I'm sorry, y'all don't know any of these. Um, I do. The <laughs> well, I was talking to the younger people that are here. Uh, the Waltons, the Brady Bunch, Cosby Show. All of these shows seem to center around a moral dilemma um, and how to make the right decision. When I was in seminary, I was in a theology class and I thought I was making a pretty interesting point about, you know, pop culture and how it affects us. And I said to the professor, you know, I think that I got as much lesson, as many lessons about morality and ethics from these TV shows that I just mentioned as I did, I think I mentioned Little House on the Prairie in particular, um, as I did from Sunday school. And he looked at me and he said, that explains a lot. <laughs> I don't really know what he meant by that, but at any rate, this story of the two sons in this parable that Jesus tells could be expanded to be like Greg and Bobby and the Brady Bunch, like Mr. Brady tells them to do. You know, it's one of these, and these parables that Jesus tells are usually very complex with lots of different ways to look at them. And we've done that here in this space, looked at a parable and kind of turned it upside down. But this one is pretty simple and straightforward. For the boys in this story, the two sons, they both know what their father wants them to do. And one of them did it, and one of them didn't. And Jesus is simply saying, your actions speak louder than your words. For God's children, for us, repenting of the things that separate us from God, that thing we call sin, and doing God's will is more important than knowing the stuff. We come here and we learn and we, we take in, you know, the rules of treating each other. But if we know those and don't do them, it's not any good. It's like that fig tree that Jesus cursed. It's not bearing any fruit. It's not doing what it was put here to do. And if we don't do the things that God wants us to do, we're not 
bearing the fruit that God wants us to bear in our lives. So Jesus is saying it doesn't matter what your position is or how much power you have or how much knowledge you have or even how much authority you have, even if that authority comes from God. What is important is that we change our minds and do what God wants us to do. They can't believe and respond to John's teaching. They couldn't do that. And in this question that Jesus asked them, it showed what they really believed, which brother they actually represent in this story. All I can do now is ask some questions for you to ponder this week. What kind of power, what possession or possessions, what practices are we holding on to or that have a hold on us? What is more important in our lives than to discern what God's will is for us and then do it? Do our actions match our words? Do we practice what we preach? Thank you for listening to the Simple Worship Podcast. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at universitychristian.org. If you like this sermon, please share it with others. Thanks again, and have a blessed week. Thank you.